more evidence do you need to have? We could pop up. We could pop up. The he too. messed up. And not only did he mess up in those moments, his whole thinking was messed up. AKA he's racist. Fitty fitty. Welcome Ooh. to the very first episode of the 50 50 show. Woo. Andrew. First show. The universe gave us something interesting to talk about. We got a lot of material here, guys. Uh, we are going to be addressing and analyzing the whole Shane Gillis SNL Asian racism fiasco that just happened. By now, I'm sure you guys know what happened. Long story short, he said some stuff. They hired him. They claimed they didn't know. They fired him after online outrage. And there was a huge firestorm online. Here are our five major takeaways as Asians about the Shane Gillis fiasco. Damn, Chinatown's fucking nuts. It's crazy, dude. It is full fucking China. Dude, it's yeah. fucking Chinese down there. Oh. Fucking chinks live there, huh? <laughs> There's a lot to take away. Because you know what I've noticed? There's been a lot of pieces out there about what people think, but not very many have come from an Asian perspective. Yeah, and no other YouTubers, to my knowledge, have really addressed this yet. YouTubers tend to talk about YouTube world things. Yeah, This and is this, a little bit outside, even though there's YouTube involved in it. YouTube was very involved in this thing. Um, but y'all, I'm, I'm glad to talk about this, man. I, and we have been talking off camera a lot about it. And now we're just gonna do it on camera for everybody. And this is our analysis of the situation. Five points. David, you ready? Let's go. Point number one, and this is the overarching point. Big point here. Anyone can say what they want to say and anybody can respond how they want. And any company can actually do what they want within legal parameters. So Shane Gillis has the First Amendment right of freedom of speech. He goes on a podcast. He's a comedian under the umbrella of comedy. He says all these things, uses racial slurs multiple of times, not just once. And uh, he loses his job because people get really mad, as they should. Seems pretty, makes a lot of sense to me. David, what's the controversy? It's like Ricky Gervais said. Ricky Gervais said, uh, people say, oh, comedians can't say what they want anymore. He goes, actually, everybody can still say what they want like they used to be able to. It's just, and the audience gets to do whatever they want to you that they want. Yeah, the audience gets us, gets to you, decide. You know what? It, and comedians got it wrong. And a lot of them, to be honest, are old white guys. You mean that are defending Yeah, a lot Shane's of old white right. guys, whether that's Norm MacDonald, Rob Schneider, who doesn't really have a great resume, by the way. Uh, uh, other people, you know, Bill Burr, yeah. some other people, um, David Spade, somewhat defended him. Basically, all old white guys. Yeah. Um, listen, you can still say whatever you want. Nobody's taking away your First Amendment rights. Say But it. guess what? The audience in 2019 is responding different. Yeah. I didn't say Shane Gillis should get arrested. That would be different. I just said he shouldn't have a job on SNL. Because SNL is a cultural cornerstone of mainstream media. And that would mean that a mainstream institution, whether that's SNL or NBC, is embracing people who are clearly out hey. of violating the terms of hate speech let me take or it, that are too racist. Let me take it a step further. It's not just SNL. It'd be NBC. It'd be the network. It'd be the advertisers and all the commercials that show between the shows that would be validating Shane Gillis, essentially. So obviously SNL being smart, they couldn't take that risk. I think that he should be able to continue to do comedy. Should, sure. Whoever wants to hire him should hire him. I don't think a lot of mainstream outlets will want to hire him, no. but guess what? There's already like Patreons and all this stuff that's you know by his Dude. supporters. Cool, nobody's petitioning Patreon to shut down his, you know, his donation fund or whatever. 
But basically, you can't say but Andrew, anybody who works even fast food, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. If they say Any a bunch job. of racist stuff and it gets shown to their manager, they can be fired. I mean, anybody, even a janitor, if they start saying a bunch of crazy stuff, somebody should go talk to them. <laughs> you know, so I'm saying, especially as a comedian, um, and I do want to say, guys, not for one second did I believe that these were misfires. These weren't slip-ups. Dude, this guy talked on multiple podcasts and said racial slurs and homophobic for, uh, slurs multiple times. And he said in 2016 in a Philadelphia newspaper article that he goes, yeah, I noticed my white fans really like it when I'm racist towards Asians. It really gets them going. That's the evidence. There, what more evidence do you need to have? We could pop up. We could pop up. The he too. messed up. And not only did he mess up in those moments, his whole thinking was messed up, a.k.a. he's racist. And he still actually hasn't really given a true apology. He has not apologized. And so I basically, think guys, anyway, I don't want to make this. I do. Let me just say this just so people, the Internet doesn't get mad. I do think he's a talented comedian. I watched some of his stand up. He's, he's made that, some funny jokes where he didn't make fun of Asians. I was like, oh, strong stand up comedian. Obviously, he got picked on a on a legendary show for a reason. But guess what? Just because you're a strong comedian, if you're racist, you still get in trouble. Just like all these other celebrities lately have created uh, great music or this and that that people like. But if they have bad behaviors or people decide they cross the line, which they they are crossing the line, guess what? You get in trouble. Hey, man. You I, got in trouble. Nobody's saying he can't go live his life. Nobody's saying that he should be thrown in jail. No. Killed. No. I just Let's think, just say this. I think a lot of Asians are affording him a lot more humanity than he affords us. Hey, I think a lot of people are mad just because I think a lot of particularly white guys out there, not every white guy, obviously, is just in a transition stage of gaining a lot of perspective right now. And it's uncomfortable. And when things are uncomfortable, you're frustrated. And you have backlash. And, and you lash out at things. And you start punching down at immigrant groups or groups that you don't fully see as, I don't know, American or whatever. Like, you're just punching down. And it's just in this stage where you're just learning. But the it's it, to me, it's nothing bad is happening to them. I was like, Shane Gillis, He's still white. Let's say you he's had still a, white let, in America. Let, let's just say you had a fifty-point lead in a basketball game, and then you it got cut to thirty-five. You're like, I'm negative fifteen. I'm negative fifteen. Actually, no, you're plus thirty-five, but you just lost fifteen points on a fifty-point lead. And then guess what, Andrew? You do a hard foul on the other team. Yeah, and you injure you, somebody you, or something. You throw a flagrant just because what? Because your fifty-point lead got cut to thirty-five. Get out of here. And and. Like I said, all everybody defending him is super old and outdated. I'm not going to lie. And I did not see a single minority comedian come out and defi uh, defend Shane Gillis. Like no. that was black or Latino. Because to be honest, it wouldn't, one, I, I don't think they agree. And two, it wouldn't even be good for their career. Yeah. yeah. So isn't it funny that it's only old white guys that have a history of saying really edgy, controversial uh, jokes defending uh, Shane? I miss the way it was. I could say whatever I like want. Like I said, hey, Shane... I'm sure you're going to keep doing comedy. I'm sure some of it will be funny. Some of it will probably still be really offensive. And I'm sure some of it's going to cross the line. But guess what? You just won't be doing it. Probably making millions of dollars. And especially not on SNL. Guys, point number two. This leads us to the next point. David, do Asians care too much about what white people say? I mean, Shane Gillis, he's not a powerful dude. He wasn't even a very famous comedian. He just got on to SNL. Do we care too much about what someone like him says? Here's the thing. I don't think people would have cared that he did those podcasts 
had he not got chosen for SNL. Because I think that Asians were actually like, this guy is being approved by the system. Yeah. So that must mean that actually confirmed a lot of our hidden suspicions that the system actually doesn't really care about us. Yeah, they're not very considerate of us. So, so we were actually Definitely drawing, not. we were actually extrapolating what that means if a gigantic infrastructure where people's literally, there's so many people's full-time job it is to find comedians for that show. And vet them. Yeah, and vet them. And if they picked Shane Gillis with knowing that he did all that stuff, because some of that stuff was pretty easily found. Not all of it, it's but some Google of it was... Search. I mean, a Google search. It would definitely... What? They're like, we didn't find it on his page one. Yeah, that's that's the deep dive, guys. That's the extent. Uh, it's okay. I watched a couple of his uh, clips on Comedy Central's YouTube page. It looks fine. They didn't even go to page three. Oh, page man. three is like just everything, every word's calling everybody well, if you said this it on word a, and that word. If you said it on a podcast, it doesn't count. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, I, I just think it's, I think it's tough. And my take on this point is that I think it's tough because a lot of Asians do value the system. They see it as the only way up. And that's kind of what Asians, a lot of them do is we don't necessarily, unless you go back to Asia, you're operating in the Western American system that you have to climb up. And this was like a punch in our gut where the system was like, Hey guys, we might take this guy on and, uh, he might've said some stuff about you, but we still might accept him. They obviously didn't end up doing it, but we might. They almost did. Something tells me if the backlash wasn't as strong as it was online, they were going to let him on. I do think this too. I think that if Shane Gillis was super apologetic, I think he would have had a chance of getting on the show too. But clearly he's stuck with his sort of like, I don't know what his viewpoints are. I'm pretty sure they're kind of like alt, right? For sure. I don't you know. know. I'm not sure, but he stuck with them. I'll tell you this. When he made that half-ass apology that actually was not an apology, I was like, oh, this this guy definitely getting fired. <laughs> he didn't even want to try. So I, I do think that, um, unfortunately, that I do think Asians care a lot about what white people think and what white people do because our systems in the West, particularly America, are not very sophisticated and are not very mature. So we get mad when... Um, What's her name? Emma Stone plays Allison Ng, the Hawaiian, part half, half Hawaiian girl in Aloha. Or Scarlett Johansson gets but a role. But I think if we had a really robust system of our own, I don't think we would care as much. Maybe it would pop, maybe some people would voice here and there, but I don't think we would be hung up on it had we developed our own yeah. systems. And I, you know, yeah, have we had something going? Yeah. Uh, closing off this point, Eddie Huang, you know, who's a very uh, achievement oriented, very ambitious dude, very successful. He said, he just chimed in and said, I refuse to get upset about what white dudes think of us anymore. And, you know, overall, I do think very motivated people who are have their mindset on one goal and where, you know, responding to this and spending energy on this doesn't help that goal. They don't want to think about it. And I mean... Yeah, and there's and, some, and, there's and, some logic and maybe to in that. Eddie's case, he's like, I already done so much to yeah. give Asian people's immediate jobs or whatever. So, but but I think it's true for anybody. Like even a really, maybe a businessman who's making like let's say ten million a year off the coal industry, would he really want to spend much brain power thinking about what this self admitted hick from Central Pennsylvania thinks about the way we look or how we are, you know, our immigrant groups' development in this country? Um, Here's the only thing about what Eddie said. 
I think Eddie is coming from a position where he's got a lot going going for him on his plate. It's kind of like a place of privilege where you're like, bro, I got so much going on. I'm just going to let this slide off my back. Right. Here's the only thing. A lot of people don't are not in that position. Mm -hmm. And um, I my only thing is I wish the groups of people who did have that privilege to let racism from these people just slide off their back, which I think is good. That's they worked good. hard to get there. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to be able to like have the uh, arrows not even penetrate your armor. But how do we all get there? As a community, how do we achieve certain things or get, is it all mindset or is it literally little, literal aspects of your life that have to be at a certain extent wow. where your armor is built up? Basically, is the armor something you can just develop in your mind or does the armor come from literally physical things in your life? Well, is your mind, does your mind have enough space for this Shane Gillis stuff? Like if you had so much stuff going on in your brain and so many things you wanted to do, and that's just where you put yourself in a position of life, then you wouldn't necessarily have time to think about this. But I understand, and we are some of those people who spent time thinking about this because it matters to us, because maybe we're still like struggling artists in a certain way, for sure, you know? Well, we're not achieving everything I, on our checklist. We're, we're not everywhere, we're not at the level that we wanna be, and uh, yeah. But I, I do understand that that is logic. That's fair, in his right. Point number three, would Asians care this much if they had their own stuff going on? If we had our own ecosystem similar to Tyler Perry in Atlanta where he built like black Hollywood outside of mainstream yeah. America, white Hollywood, I think that um, we wouldn't care as much. Like obviously if we had our own Asian sketch show that we all watched that was similar to SNL, it was all like Asian cast members and everybody loved it. Let's say subtle Asian traits combined with somebody else and well they have liquor. some ucb shows like that but yeah they're not like funded yeah and not that many people go watch them i'm saying that like it's because everybody watches snl yeah it's and the big dog and, and even within the african-american community there's a debate because tyler perry sort of wagged his finger a little bit at everybody doing the oscar oscar so white movement yeah remember because he goes yeah while y'all we guys do we're doing the oscar so white movement i was building my own movement brick by brick in atlanta which coming from his perspective very fair because he built it but i but like you said just because that exists and tyler perry exists does that mean everybody has to buy into that and be right, like oh we're right. good because it, and it is fair for some like let's say for example in the black situation black americans that are in la to be like well i didn't want to move to atlanta yeah. like and I, maybe, I, I didn't want to only yeah. be in like you know shout out to that film those films but i didn't want to just be i wanted to be to play the black character in the white films. yeah yeah like maybe they they didn't feel like that was for them either because that's not for everybody either. Nor because well, the scope the scope of black Hollywood is not as big as mainstream yeah. Hollywood. So yeah, the answer so, is like, it's, this, it's really tough because we're talking about self-sufficiency and building your own auxiliary system versus entering a system as a foreigner and working your way up in a system that you have some skepticism whether or not they want you to rise up that ladder. Yeah. I think... A lot of Asians see that that's the only ladder to climb. I what if what if some Asian billionaire who made their money from tech or steel mills or whatever it is, what if they like help build Asian Hollywood? I don't know. That's always like a funny thought to me. I'm not saying obviously if someone made a billion dollars, they're probably not the type that's thinking about media, but it's just a funny thought. Yeah, I think that the one thing that we got to note is that, and this makes it difficult. 
Asians at best, let's say low, middle, high. Asians at the highest view entertainment as a middle, middle need, like an, on the important a middle, scale, middle right? Need. I would say in Western society, I would put entertainment up in um, bottom high. So yeah. still in the top triangle, if we split the game into three triangles, mm -hmm. I think that Western entertainment puts entertainment at the apex, maybe not above politics, but nowadays maybe. Like basically, I don't know, you know, you could argue on the depth within Dude, that, what, David, within what, that what, tier, but basically Asians used to slot entertainment tier three, bottom, you know, kind of a bottom dwelling career. Then now, because of the influence from the West and just technology, I think Asians regard entertainment as a tier two career, but Westerners regard entertainment as a tier one career. And I think that imbalance is tough because when there's not a lot, uh, when there's not enough, uh, when there's not enough Asians going into entertainment and there's not enough Asians rising the ranks, then yeah, we, we are going to be hurt by this kind of stuff more. And it sort of leads to our last point. Fourth point. Point number four. People do not take racism against Asians as serious. Based off the Shane Gillis thing, you'd have to say that's true. And a lot of people would agree. Yeah. And I do think that there's reasons for this. Some of them are illogical. Some of them are logical. But the easiest way to say it is um, a lot of people don't view Asians, uh, racism against Asians as very serious. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's because Asians, there's some statistics to show that Asians have like high achievement levels or income not levels. Not all Asians, by the way, right? Yeah, not yeah. all, but statistically speaking, sure. higher achievement levels or whatever. So there must be, or maybe it's because we look different or maybe it's because we theoretically in large numbers, it is true that Asians did not really arrive in ultra large numbers to the US until 40 years ago. Listen, there's logic behind that. I'm not denying that there's like reason to believe that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's almost like guys, there's just a few words on the no say list. Just words. There's just few words that you just can't say about people. The N word is definitely one of them. Absolutely. And the C word, chinks, that's on there too. Just don't say them. They're just words. I just don't, don't say those I, words. I, I don't think that Shane Gillis and his constituents think that saying chinks is bad. Yeah. And that's which the, is crazy. That's the issue. And it's, it wasn't said in a joking way. It wasn't said in a Chappelle skit from 12 years ago. No, it was this, said, this it was, was, the joke was saying the word. Yeah. There was no joke here. And he said it multiple times and he targeted people. I do too. think he means it in a demeaning, dehumanizing way. I really do think yeah. he means it that way. It's and that's why that's wrong. And. I don't think that judging from his interviews and some of the clips that I've seen that he views Asian people with much respect. No, he does not. No. And, and, and I'm sure he doesn't have a lot of close Asian friends in his life. I would assume. And if you do know him, then shame on you. But I mean, he comes from, it's funny. And you know, what's scary is that I do know a lot of other people feel the same way as he does. Listen, I, I don't know if he says that word every day, but he clearly feels like it's okay and that he can get away with it. And that's just wrong, especially if you're trying to make it immediate. Yeah, it's I crazy. do think that essentially a lot of systems left or right or whatever in America, when you call somebody a chink that's Asian, they go, ah, oh, don't do that. And you, It's kind of like waving your finger yeah. at a mischievous little kid. Some of them kind of laugh it off. Know, they, no, they kind of give it a boys will be boys type 
uh, thing where it's like they're not approving of it, but there's not a harsh, um, you know, there's not a harsh punishment delivered to people who refer to Asians as chinks. And that is because, like you said, the, the part of the reason is outside of certain individuals, people don't really view us fully as deserving of, I guess, people don't view racism against Asians as something that they have room to care about. Now, I do want to say this thing, guys. Obviously, the history of black Americans in America is different than Asian Americans. We've no, I'm been, not comparing. Yeah, we've all been through our struggles. I'm. It's it's hard to compare I the two. I think police brutality yeah. is the thing. I, I think there's other things that... And I don't think people out there are, are necessarily comparing the two one for one because you probably shouldn't. But it's just like... I will say this. I will say this. Trust me, man. It's almost like white people only have 10 sympathy points and they distribute nothing left for Asians and maybe they gave like one to Latino people. And it was like, rather than try to make the minorities fight over the distribution of sympathy points from the infrastructure or system, why doesn't the infrastructure system just increase the amount of sympathy points that they have? Well, David, if we increase the sympathy points, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's probably what they're gonna say. They're gonna be like, well, no, 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 you know what? Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. It's not even sympathy points. It's just empathy points. It's almost like, hey guys, we can only see minorities as uh, partially human, but some of you guys are going to be seen more partially human than others. Uh, well, well, David, uh, that sounds like that's going to take a lot of work. I don't know if I'm ready for it. Yeah, well, people don't want to. Exactly, don't, people right? People don't want to build up their muscles. They just the want to distribute the muscles that they already it's, have. It's an issue. Like it's it's that people don't want to work on it unless they absolutely need to. And Shane, obviously, I don't know if he is going to, but he needs to now. I just think, I think it's tough. And I'll say this is that because Asians are in such a small number in America that people, not everybody in America even knows an Asian person, like personally, or like respects an Asian person. How about that? Not everybody in America respects an Asian person as a, as, as a, a human, human, as a human I, I and citizen. I think they'd be like, man, they sure are good with computers and yeah. all them algorithms, but uh, no. they're not a human, no, they're as, a robot. As a, as a pure, they don't all respect an Asian as a pure, uh, pure, pure. I think it's, that's the issue. And it's tough because when you grab somebody from an area that probably did not grow up around Asians and does not have any respect for them, and then they get a platform, this stuff is bound to happen. So I just think there's a chance that this happens again. Which, Probably, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which kind of leads us to our last point. Within the realms that affect society on a very macro, sort of like a subconscious societal trend level, which is typically politics and media, yeah, um, which are fields that traditionally Asians, you know, your parents, your community is just not going to be involved in. Or at uh, least at high levels. Yeah, politics and media very few Asians strive to have full-time professions in these worlds. Few Asians dedicate their lives to the entertainment and political sphere. Right. And as Asians who have dedicated our lives to the media sphere, we see that. Yeah. And um, I get it. I get why, because obviously in our home countries, politics and media may not be as highly regarded. Or there's not as much movement in it. I mean, or you have to be the, born into it. Or you have to, style, yeah. It's just a completely different situation. Like, but in America, if we, as Asians complete, keep ignoring our entry into these two worlds, we're going to keep getting burned in these two worlds. 
Yeah, for sure. If we're not representing ourselves. Yeah. But then it's not fair that they're burning us regardless, whether we're in it or not. They're just still burning us right now. It's not right. It's not right. But at the end of the day, are we going to stand up as a community and go, you know what? We need to send some of our best and brightest Asians into these fields to gain a high leverage position in either media or politics and then affect it from the top down. And I think some Asians are trying to step up right now. We know some of them, but I think there could be more. And until they really can rise up the ranks or or use the community either as a launch pad so we can kind of push you guys up and like, oh, go get it. Go get a man. Or they rise up the ladder, the traditional route, and then at the top, they grab people and help them up and uh, uh, help other Asians. I mean, until then, stuff like this is going to happen. And until we have Asians in powerful positions in media and politics, stuff like this will happen. Now, there's a it's chance. It's not fair, but no. that is hey, probably how leverage power dynamics work. Dude, like it, almost anybody can teach you in negotiations, it, you know, it, human it, incentive and stuff like that. It's me, just psychology. People will continue to talk crap about us if they feel like they can get away with it and if they have fun doing it. And what we have to take away is the fun of doing it. Okay, so we got to get mad at them. So they're like, oh, man, that wasn't as fun as I thought. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. And if we can, you know, obviously impact their careers, not their lives. They can still live lives, but just take something away. And that's what you have to do. And I think that, um, yeah, I just wish Asians had, uh, first of all, we don't have a council we don't have a plan <laughs> that, that only exists in comedy we're sketches. not in any sort of unified infrastructure but part of me thinks that we should have some sort of unified infrastructure or else uh you can't really attack anything organized when you're disorganized so i hope that asians can just get organized because andrew i'll tell you this that uh which is still great you know getting at people on twitter yeah but that's the lowest level of organization it's almost not organization. I'll say it, it's better than nothing. It is definitely better than nothing, but it's not everything. What about Reddit? That's a, is that a level? Almost, <laughs> you know, I say, and I don't, I don't want to diss on Reddit. I, I just, it's almost less Twitter, aggressive than Twitter. Because no, Twitter reaches the industry and the mainstream. That, Twitter's more mainstream. That's well, Reddit's a, a little bit more like a, a, no. a bubble. Hey, I'll say this, Reddit, you get the longer posts. I think there's very, very smart people on Reddit, but guess what? If that stuff doesn't come out and reaches the people in power, which Twitter directly does. It's almost like less of a real, like hey, attack. Hey, you're gonna, if you see a tweet with 30,000 retweets, you're going to look at it. Everybody's going to look at that. So basically, guys, I, I think the important thing is that, yes, of course, everybody's glad that Shane Gillis didn't get approved by the system. He got fired. Despite his Thank very you. spotty, shaky resume, <laughs> um, that, which, which, which he should not, you know, no, totally should not. not have a job. But I think as a community, Asians should definitely have a lot more takeaways from this incident. Yeah. And those were five of them. Yeah. And I think that if... You're, and this, I don't know if this is a shameless plug, but I think if you're Asian and you didn't think more about this, um, hopefully this video helped. But but I do hope, like you said, that people can take something larger away from it. Not just, yo, I got angry at a dude, I tweeted him, and then like he got fired. Like that's not how it worked. That's not the only thing that happened. This is a larger thing about America and a lot more people think like Shane. A lot more people talk like that. Maybe they just don't put it on a podcast or maybe they are on podcast and they're just not famous because if Shane doesn't get picked up by SNL, guess what? We don't find that. Nobody finds that. No, nobody's ever going to see that clip. No ever. one's going to see it. It's just going to live at like 5,000 views and then no one's going to share. You know, stuff on YouTube kind of dies. But I'm saying like basically like 
this stuff is going to happen again. And it is true that it would be nice to have a plan or a different plan or some type of agreement on what we're going to do. But overall, I thought the community accomplished what we were trying to do by firing up a storm so that Shane got fired from SNL. And I think that was what everybody wanted to happen. Kudos. Uh, I was part of that too. I thought, I, th I, I, you know, I went on Twitter and said, I think he should be fired. But at the end of the day, what are we going to do beyond that? Which is yeah. reactive. It's dope. Yeah. It was a good reaction. It was the yeah. proper reaction. But are we going to be proactive and not yeah. just reactive? I hey. guess only time will tell. But let me just say this. Let me urge everybody to be more proactive. Yeah, I love it. I love the message of being proactive. I think that um, after you type your fiery tweet or a few tweets, go hit, for it. Hit the streets. Hey, well, hit the streets or just create something in your own life. Represent us. Hit the streets and create something. Cre yeah, hit the, nah, streets and, hit the streets and create something and build something and uh, help boost other people. Like hate on Shane, but support somebody. Support an Asian. You don't have to support all the Asians. You don't have to like everything every Asian person does. You don't have to I, agree I, with yeah. everything. I, I don't know if love is more powerful than hate, but showing love and creating is more meaningful than hate. And yeah. I know that that is true. I'll tell you this. I'm not going to tell you guys I agree with every single motivational book I ever read where they're like, love is so powerful. <laughs> it's so much stronger than hate. Because theoretically, if you look out through history, statistically, guys, hate is pretty powerful. Okay. But I'm just saying that love and creation is more meaningful for sure. I, yeah. All right, guys. Wow. It ended off on that note. Anyways, guys, that was episode one of the 50-50 show with the Fung Bros, David and Andrew. Guys, we're going to be doing this more consistently. We will be on a schedule. Be on the lookout. Stay tuned. Subscribe. Turn on your notifications. And in the comments below, please let us know if there was any other takeaways you had about the Shane Gillis thing. Even let us know if you disagreed or agreed with us because I know that not everybody has to think the same. That's fine. And, and whatever you guys do in the comment section, and this might be ridiculous for me to say this since it's YouTube, Try to just be civil. Try to be civil in the comments. You can think whatever you want to think, guys. By all means, feel however you guys, want to feel. But guess what? Other people reserve the right to feel how they David, feel. But let's just not to see the comment section devolve into something very nasty and unproductive. Well, let me tell you this. If this catches on to some of the Shane Gillis defenders, who knows what's going to happen. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for watching the first episode of the 50-50 show. We're the Fung Brothers, David, Andrew. Until next time, we out. Peace. Peace.